Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Good to, to, good to be here this morning. Um, and I just pray that the Lord would bring us an encouraging message, lift us up, right? As a as uh, Bishop Molina always speaks, that we're living in perilous, dangerous, difficult times. And, uh, you know, we just lost three people in just a few days. And I was having a conversation with the Lord this morning in the car as I was driving over. And I was saying, okay, Lord, I mean, of course, we're so grateful for our salvation. How many are happy that we met Jesus, right? I mean, he's done so much for us. I mean, there's no way we could thank him enough. However, the thing is that God, okay, you, you could say God is kind of like us humans. No, we humans are like God. So if we cry, it's because God cries. And he built us with emotions and feelings and stuff like that. And I was thinking this morning that, you know, we have, okay, I'm a musician, so I'm an artist, I'm crazy. Okay, I was thinking this morning that we had another dog before. We had music. Music was a gray schnauzer, like medium size. And she got sick. She got sick, so we had to take it to the vet. And I'm really, I'm not, I mean, from my childhood, I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. But I fell in love with music, music. I fell in love with music, and then and, and Angie, she wanted to have five kids. She never had kids. So music became her baby her baby so she took her to the vet and blah 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 it turns out she had a cancer in her liver oh my god dogs get cancer yeah cancer in the liver and we took her to this great place a whole bunch of money okay so they had to do this major operation and we had just lied down to go to sleep in puerto rico we were ministering over there and the call came through you know God bless music, she, we did the best we could, but she didn't make it. And at that moment, you know, Angie took the call, I felt like a, like a wave, the, uh, you know, that, that thing, you know, that pain. And I said, Lord, I felt bad for her. But then I realized, okay, so God made us human and we feel emotions and he does wonderful, music was a wonderful blessing, but it's like a, a, a Bishop Boone has been preaching for the last year. We're pilgrims here, and we're being prepared for the next step. And and this is all all part of the next step. Well, <laughs> there's a whole there's different arguments about whether dogs go to heaven or not. We want to believe that they're going to be there. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But but definitely these people that have have gone on ahead, they're they're going to be there. And, and as uh, Pastor Jules said, in a, in a blink of an eye, we're going we're gonna to be meeting with them what, and whatnot, you know. And, and I remember Adam fell in love with Eve. Adam was in love with Eve. Next thing you know, he's listening to her instead of God. Okay, you know. But so we just pray that the Lord would help us to enjoy the things that he gives us and to live through all these training exercises that we're going through in this life. I tell Angie every week, now it's not music, now it's melody. She's a black schnauzer. And and she was she drove Angie crazy for about a month. She, originally she wanted to give her away. She didn't want to keep her. But 
we all fell in love with her and we love her so much we enjoy her so much every day and i tell angie every week she's on loan honey she's on loan you know she's going to be going and then what i was thinking when i was coming in the car this morning is one day angie's going to graduate so the lord is preparing me too you know, the Lord's prepared me. I mean, to me, the Lord and heaven, and I'm so grateful, and I can't thank the Lord enough, but we need to realize that when a person goes, they're graduating. They're going on to the next great stuff. But anyway, I wanted just to bring an encouraging word today. Uh, it's, you know, nothing, no no big deal, no, no fancy schmancy, no holy macaroni. Just um, just trying to, uh, we, need, we need to embrace certain principles and learn what what God the instructions and the things that God is teaching us from his word amen so I hope this is an encouragement and that you know we can we can every day be more encouraged in the Lord and keep moving forward right one foot in front of the other and just go forward because we got to make it till the end how many say man we got to make it till the end okay so the name of the message is, there's water, water, there's water in the rock. There's water in the rock, okay? And so I'm going to begin in John chapter 4, and we're going to go through verse 7 to 14. You all, you all remember this story, John chapter 4, from 7 to 14. And uh, okay, so it says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, and we, we're so thankful for your word lord we're thankful for your holy spirit lord we're thankful for 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 your love for us and all you do for us and have done for us and are doing lord we can't be grateful enough we just ask the lord that you would speak to us and 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 help encourage us and help us to be able to face these difficult times and difficult things that happen in life lord and things that try to take away our blessing and our communion with you and just harm us we are our faith is on you lord our faith is on you lord you have saved us lord you are you're with us every minute you've been such a blessing to our lives lord and we just want to we don't want to let you down lord we want you to know that we love you lord and and we come to you because it is with you that we can do the things that we need to do and get through the things that we need to get through. So I just had you, you would speak to me, speak to the congregation, Lord, amen, and that we could be edified by your word today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And the people said, amen, amen. amen. So there was a time, 
when it was said that there was a whole lot of gold in the Black Hills of South Dakota. I don't even know where that is. That's somewhere in the United States, South Dakota. And they said there was gold in Dumbar Hills, right? So that caused thousands of people to travel to that region, right? That's what happens with people all around the world about the United States. They all want to come here, right? They're a blessing here. And what happened was that all those people who went to that region and that area, they would break the law. They would trespass on other people's properties. They would do all kinds of crazy stuff. Why? Because they, they did whatever they needed to do because there was gold in them, their hills. And, and they were enthused. They were motivated to try to get a piece of the action, to get what was coming. I think at that time, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched the cowboy movies when they would go and, and they would search around. And when they found something, they would go to the office in town. And then they would sign up some papers. And then they had the right to, to, to dig there for the gold and whatnot. So anybody who was like, uh, you know, a go-getter, they could really get. Uh, get something and, and, and they were thinking that things were, were going to be great. They want to pull gold out of the hills because in their minds, that was going to lead them to a much better life. We know that that's not true, right? We learn here that not, it's not money, it's not your talent, it's not, none of that stuff, but it is what? The Bible calls it the image of Christ. The image of Christ formed in us, which we call character. Amen? When you have the character of Christ, then you will be happy. You could have all the money in the world and blow your brains out. How many say amen? Amen. Okay, good. And for those of us who strive to grow in the things of the Lord, when our desire to serve God goes beyond anything that could distract us. See, that's the thing. Constantly arrows and problems and stuff are being thrown at us to get us off track. But God has a plan. And we're in that plan. And we're walking in that plan. So when we are turned on and we're going for it and we're walking for it, no matter what happens, then with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. It's all going to work out well. Romans 8, 28, right? We're going to go through stuff, but at the end, it's going to end up right. And then, okay, the question, so why do I have to go through this? Why is this happening to me? It's not fair, but... It's training. It's training. It's training. When I first married my wife, she wanted five kids. I got scared. I got scared. I was scared of that. I was scared of that. <laughs> I'd still be scared of that. <laughs> you know, I admire all these people here. These people on the altar, they'll have a wife, kids, four, four kids, a job, and they, <clears throat> they go forward. God bless them. You know? and, and, and anyway, so, so going on, when a person has that great desire and they truly make an effort, then the results will be great. And you know what, folks? That's true in the Lord, and that's true to anything else. I think I said the, the joke the other day, well, this guy was lost in New York City, and he wanted to get to Carnegie Hall. He wanted to get to Carnegie Hall, and, and he was lost. So in the subway, he saw this drunken guy laying down on the thing there, and he says to the guy, hey, listen, I'm, I'm from, uh, you know, Illinois someplace. Where, where, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? How do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the drunk says, oh, that's easy. Practice, man, practice. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. So what I mean is, in life, anything you want to do, good Puerto Rican, hay que meter mano. Hay que meter mano. You got to get down. You got to do it. You got to do it. And that is exceptionally true in the Lord. 
But in the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit on our side. You know what I mean? We got a lot of good stuff. We got the real deal working for us. So when we put that all to function and move forward in that, big things are going to happen. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be filled. Oh, of course, we'll be filled if what we're thirsting for doesn't go against the will of God. So that brings me to another point. Okay, there is a will of God. There's a plan of God for your life, you know? God gave one talent in medicine, another one talent in law, another one talent in music. There's stuff in you. There's stuff in you, guaranteed, guaranteed. Almost everybody has two, maybe three things that they can be really, really, really good at. Yeah, that's there. God put that there. Now, what is up to us is to seek the Lord and find out, Lord, which way do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And if we, if we knock, the door will be open. And when that door is open, we got to walk through it and just put one foot in front of the other. Looks impossible. How can I do this? This and don't worry about that. Just we got we to gotta seek the Lord. And then, like I said, can't be something that goes against the will of God. We need to seek out what is it that the Lord wants to do. I always, I always deal with people who are young and getting married. Yes, you need to marry a Christian person. But I tell the guy, it's not the first girl in the church that cracks a smile necessarily. It's the girl that God has for you. Okay? Because, oh, uh, no, look at the, no, what, there's some churches where, you know, people think that they're prophets, you know what I mean? So some little old lady, you know, she thinks she's a prophet, and then she sees this kid and this girl, and then she'll come and, like, supposedly prophesy to them that they're supposed to get together. But it's not that God put them together, it's that she thinks they're a nice couple. But the kids think she's a prophet from God, so they get married, and then it's a living hell. Because it wasn't really God's will. We need to seek God's will in everything that we do. We need to seek God's will to see what do you want me to do. I like law and I like architecture. Which one is it, Lord? Which way do I? And, and I think and the, if we seek, the Lord will guide us, you know? And then you can have a first thing and you can have a second thing in the background, you know, like maybe the second one will be a hobby or whatever. Anyway, when we hunger and thirst for God's miracles in our lives, how many believe that God is a miracle God? Amen? How many believe that? You got to believe that. God is a miracle God. You're a miracle. <laughs> I'm a miracle. We're miracles. All right. That desire will take us to a place where then God can work with you. You know, if you're saying, God, I believe in miracles and I want the miracle. I want to see this happen. I'm, 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 I'm in for this. I want this. Then God says, okay, now we can, now we can do something. If you're back there saying, yeah, but I, I saw on Discovery Channel, they said something else. And, you know, I think this and that. And I read a book and some guy, you know, that. <sighs> Get out of that junk, you know. Just go with the word of God. The word of God. What it says there, that's it. No, you know. In Spanish, no, no le busque la cinco pata al gato. You know, I mean, stop, stop trying to, you know. What it says there, that's it. God will be able to do miracles in your life once you get into that mindset. And not only that, Jesus said, I didn't say it, that you would do things even bigger than what he did. Ooh, look at that. He said that. He said that. So, you know, I was in a plane one time. I was in a plane one time, and this lady, I'm not, 
I'm not holy macaroni, okay? This is, I'm not that kind of a person, okay? But I'm in this plane, and I'm sitting there, and I was supposed to sit in the first seat. But in the first seat, I don't know, it's crazy. I feel a little bit insecure. I feel better that I want to have a seat in front of me. So if anything goes down, I got some place to grab onto. You know what I mean? <laughs> crazy. So I sat in the seat behind that first seat. And then the next thing I know, we're flying. And the stewardess comes over because a lady sat in the seat. The stewardess comes over and then she's doing this number. And the next thing you know, doctor, doc doctor shows up. The lady dropped dead. The lady dropped dead. They had to turn the plane around and go back. And I, we hear that little voice of God, you know. Well, here you are. You're the man of God. I'm like. In the things of the Lord, you have to be transparent, right? I was a punk. In the eyes of God, I was a punk. I was like, I, I, I didn't want to be, you know. But I have to bring this out because the Lord is dealing with me right now. Okay. I'm sitting back there. I stuck my hand in between the seat and touched her back. She's sitting in the seat in front of me. Lord, do something to this lady right now. But I that's not the way you do it. You know what I mean? I was like ashamed. I didn't want to make a scene. I didn't want to, you know. Anyway, we, we go back. The guys came in. They took her out. Blah, 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 blah. And then we got to Colombia. We got to Colombia. And we got to Colombia. And we were going to some little town someplace. So you know how you land in the big jet, but then the plane that takes you to the little town is a little, a little cucaracha thing. You know what I mean? So we go with our stuff and we're on the line to, to, to check in for that second flight. And when I look, it was the doctor. The doctor that was on the plane. That weird, huh? That doctor was going to go to that little town where we were going. And I said, doctor, are you the guy that was, and, and then he says to me, yeah, the lady was dead, but we picked her up, but then on the way, she came back to life. She's in the hospital. And I was like, oh my God. And then I thought, felt God telling me, you see that? You were ashamed of me. I'm going to give you a pow pow, you know? And, and that, that really spoke to my life, you know. And, and, and the thing is, God did it. God did it, you know. God did it. We need to be in that, in that dimension to go in faith where God wants to take us, right? God will do miracles in our life, and he will do miracles through us. You know, when Paul talked to Timothy, he said, look, what you, the stuff you hear me talking, when I talk about that what is a man stuff, you learn it good because God's going to put people in your path that you'll then be able to share it with them. And 
the gift goes on and on and on. Okay, God is capable to do more than anything we could think of or ask. That brings us to Ephesians 3.20, which tells us that God has the power to do much more than what, what, what we might ask him for. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We can't imagine all that God can do to bless us and to help us and to move us forward in this wonderful plan that he has for us. We just need to know it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. We need faith and we need to hang in there. Keep going, all right? When things seem impossible in human terms, we got to keep looking up, right? It's not going to happen because you're a bad dude. No, it's going to happen because God is going to pull you through that. God is going to pull you through that. And the sooner you get off your high horse and admit that and walk in that spirit, yes, this is going to happen not because of me, but because God is going to take me to where he wants to take me and I'm, I'm game for that. Then you're going to see that your salvation, the solution to your problem is close by. Okay? It's close by. It's going to come. All right. So I want to look at a couple of things in the Old Testament that are examples of this and we can see how this whole thing plays out i'm going to go first to exodus 17 from verses 5 to 7 exodus 17 5 to 7 we're talking about moses that whole thing how many saw that movie with charlton heston the ten commandments no that was all before you were born right okay okay the lord was talking to moses and he says to him Go on before the people and take with you some of the leaders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of of the leaders of Israel. But now look at what it says here in this next verse 7. So he called the name of that place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord with us or not? So those people were doubting God. Moses helped them get out of, out of slavery in Egypt, but now they were doubting God. And what happened was they were starting to jump on Moses and they were doubting God. They were talking against Moses and against God. They doubted God. They didn't believe. And instead of moving in faith, their spirit was fighting with God. When you feel that your spirit has got an attitude, you're mad at God or whatever, take it easy, take it easy. That's, that's not good. That's not good. Now, that happens because we're human and we hurt and we feel and the stuff that we're going through is difficult, but we need to trust. That's what faith is, trust that I'm going through this, but God has a good reason for it. There's good stuff coming behind it. God had led them, led them to this place by this column of, of fire during the night and a cloud during the day. We're going to talk a little bit about that as we go along. The place where they were was the desert. They were in the desert, okay? What's in the desert? There's definitely no water. The people were upset and they were, they were, they were uh, uh, complaining and carrying on because 
there was a lot of people and they were far away from civilization and there was no water. How could it be? There's no water. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, what, there's no water, but there's a lot of sand, right? In the desert, there's a lot of sand. And if anything, maybe some rocks, okay? There's an absence of life, very little life going on out there. Unbearable heat during the, the day, and the desert is weird because at night it gets freezing cold. It gets freezing cold at night and super hot during the day, right? Everything is empty and dead. There are snakes, there are some snakes, violent winds, and there are storms. But it's not water storms, they're sand storms. Imagine a storm, instead of water, it's sand going around like crazy, right? The children of Israel were definitely not at the Holiday Inn or at the Hilton. They were going through some stuff here, right? And we, you, me, we're going to go through some stuff. How many say amen? We're going to go through stuff. We're going to have to live through stuff. A certain sister this morning was telling me, this life, <laughs> sometimes it's no fun. You know, it's hard. But circumstances will never limit God's capabilities. How many say amen? Circumstances will not limit God's capabilities. God is always in charge. God is sovereign. And God is the king of kings. He's the man. He's in charge. Okay? Okay. So God tells Moses to take the people to a rock. <laughs> The people are telling Moses, you're crazy. You took us out of there. We could have died over there in Egypt when everything is good, civilized. And so you brought us out here to die in the desert. This is a horrible death. What are you talking about? Well, the Lord took them to a rock. And that rock provided water for six million people and all their herds of animals. Is that incredible or what? Six million people and all of their animals got water from that rock. The Lord told Moses, take your rod and just tap the rock. And it began to flow water. In the middle of the desert, God chose something that was totally dry and had no liquid to supply their need big time. Right? Right there, the Lord supplied the miracle that they needed. That's our God. That's our God. We need to know that, right? He's there. He's there. He's for us. All of this speaks to us and tells us that we should never forget that there is and there always will be water in the rock that is Christ for us. One of the names of Christ is the, is the rock. Rock. We're standing on that rock. We're standing on Christ. And this is what I mean. We need to have faith. We need to believe that. Okay, are the bullets flying? <laughs> you know, arrows, stuff going on? Absolutely. But we're standing on the rock. And we need to believe that and walk in that. Okay? Amen. Never forget that there is and there always will be water in the rock. We'll never be short on water. Jesus Christ. Moses named the place Massa because the people questioned God in that place. I like that about the Bible. All these names, they mean something. They mean something. He called the place Massa, which means question, question God. Massa means that they tempted the Lord. Yeah, if you're God, let's see if you could, you know, that kind of thing. Watch that attitude. Those kind of attitudes can bring really serious problems to us. And when things go really bad in a way that we didn't expect or that we really can't handle, we tend to 
get that way. We got to be very careful. Be careful with doubting. Doubting God is a sin. Doubting God is a sin. Can I make that clear to you? Okay. So, you know, now we got to be careful with these emotional outbursts, right? The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. God cannot be happy with me if I don't have faith. If I don't have faith. And if I don't have faith, okay, you might say, well, if I don't have faith, I don't have faith. How am I going to have faith? The Bible says, ask God for it. Ask God for it. There is a measure of faith for each one of us. If we don't have faith, all we need to do is humble ourselves and ask God for it, and he will give us faith. God had freed the people from slavery in Egypt. You know the story. They walked through the bottom of the Red Sea on dry land. I'm talking their sandals did not get muddy. It was dry land that they walked through. That's what the Bible says. You would figure that would be sloshy, muddy. You know, no, no, it was dry land. They walked through on dry land. Tranquilo, you know, no problem. He supplied them with free food for from free food from heaven for 40 years. Know what that is? Free food would come down from heaven for 40 years in a place where there was no food, there was nothing. The desert. During the daytime in the desert, a cloud would guide them. When the cloud went up and moved, then they, they followed the cloud. The cloud would lead them to where they had to go. And not only that, the cloud gave them air conditioning from God, protection from the sun, from the, from the killer sun of the desert. God took care of them. God wants to take care of us. He wants to supply all of our needs. But we need to believe that. If you start, yeah, 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 but we're not going to have this. And we won't be able to do this. What happened? Do you know the next thing that happens? We start inventing. We start inventing our way to work it out. Which a lot of times is not what God had for us. We need to have faith that God is going to, that God's going to take care of us. And then let him lead us to the way that he is going to do it. Right? At night, the cloud would turn into a pillar of fire that gave them light, that gave them warmth, protected, protected them from the freezing cold of the desert at night. God had it all under control. He did the whole thing. He took care of them. Okay. I cannot believe people. They actually said to God, okay, that stuff that you're sending for us to eat, you know, we're getting a little sick of it. Can you change the menu, please? Oh, my God. Come on, change the menu, man. You know, sometimes we get, we get nasty. We get, like, spoiled. We get, like, spoiled brats, you know? There were six million people. Now, this morning, I tried to work that out on the little calculator in my iPhone, but it it, 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 it it couldn't handle it. it couldn't, I couldn't work it out. So I couldn't get the... I wanted to see how many for each person. But I couldn't work it out because the, the phone couldn't handle it. The Lord sent them 2 billion quail to eat. Somebody worked it out. I looked it up. Somebody worked it out. 2 billion quail. There were 6 million people. So that must have been like 20 quail for each person or something like that. You know what I mean? Like... <clears throat> I was, I was going to try to go back and read that. So I think they got sick. They ate so much, right? They got, they, got, they got real bad stomach aches. It's like the other night, you know, we pastors, if there's a birthday party, you got to go. You know what I mean? You can't say no, you know. But, uh, so, so, so I only eat once a day because I'm trying to, you know, stay, you know, 
so I didn't eat all day. And so what do you end up eating at the party like 8.30? You know what I mean? And so they have some stuff to pick before you eat. I ate most of that myself, you know. And then I sat down and I ate two plates. Oh, my God, I had a stomachache and a half yesterday. Wow. These people ate up two billion quail. Oh, you want to change your menu? Take it. Here it is, you know. But he, he supplied that for them, you know. And with all that, they were still saying, hey, is God going to help us or what? That's, that was their attitude. We need to be careful not to fall into that kind of really nasty attitude. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. God is the same God, and he does the same miracles, and he takes care of us today just like he did with them. That's there in the Bible for us to read it and know that, 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 that he's there for us. He is there for us. All right, I just touched this thing and I got lost here. All right, it's coming up. He is there for us. The same, it's the same God. He never changes. We need to know that. Yes, okay. The lack of faith, the lack of faith, where there is no faith, there ain't going to be no miracle. Where there's a lack of faith, there ain't going to be no miracle. So the lack of faith holds back miracles more than anything else we need to have faith you don't have faith ask god for faith it's there for you it's there for you you know when they tell the people no no the government has a check for you oh my god everybody goes running you know well this is more than that this is much more than that god has wonderful things for you you need to have that hey ask get god for faith okay now matthew 13.58 says, Now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. This is talking about Jesus. He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Since people didn't believe him, Jesus did not do many miracles in that place. There has to, there's a connection between the faith, the belief, and the, the movement of the power of the Spirit of God. That faith has to be there. When we're lacking in faith, okay, look at this. When we're lacking in faith, what does it mean? It means that what God is saying that he's going to do, he's not going to do it. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm believing. I'm believing that what God is saying that he's going to do is not going to happen. So what am I saying? When I don't have faith, I'm saying that God is a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. So this gets ugly. This gets ugly. We cannot be in that position. Now watch this. Revelation 21, 8. Revelation 21, 8 says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. All right. That verse says to us that those who don't have faith and are afraid, those who don't have faith and are afraid, they're in the same group. They're lumped together with all those sexual perverts and criminals and calls for and then they're all together going to go to hell this is more serious than we think 
The lack of faith is terrible, totally destructive to our, to our spiritual life. But, brothers and sisters, we know, we know that there surely is water in the rock of Christ. We have the answer. John 3.16 God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. We are so blessed. How many say amen? We're blessed. Amen. I thought this was a Pentecostal church. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, uh, <laughs> it's just not the same. All right. All you need to do is believe, believe. We had a song when we first got saved. You know, we didn't know too much about the Bible, but we'd pick up a little thing. Everyone remember that one? I believe. God is doing something good. Yeah, something good. Well, okay. We need a, a little bit of that spirit, you know. Okay, so now we're going to look at an example of, of how far our faith could go, how far our faith should go. What does Bishop Molina always say? How do you become a champion? Hang out with champions. Be around champions. And that's why we go to the word of God. We see these examples. We see these things which help us to understand and inspire us to follow that, to go that way. Of course, in our own way. You know, that was a different time, different place. But today, we're living in the same world with the same problems, okay? How our faith could work, should work, if we really believe what we say that we believe. Because we talk about Christianity, we carry a Bible, we go around, you know, yeah. But do we really believe? Do we really have faith? All right, so we're going to go to the book of Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 12 to 25. <clears throat> We've all heard the story before, but we got we to, gotta, you know, get into it and, and really understand it. We find that there were some men who wanted to do away with, they wanted to get rid of, eliminate the children of God. That comes up a lot. And the king's name was Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> really, word, the, the, the word is about that long. Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the king of Babylonia, Babylonia. King of Babylonia, those people were monsters. They were soldiers. I mean, they had tanks and and missile i mean they were really powerful powerful and they had that soldier spirit they pull your heart out and eat it you know they were really really powerful powerful people and um this is this is this is happening in our world right now i don't know why these countries that are powerful would feel that well this guy next to me i gotta dominate these people i gotta conquer them and then they would, they would conquer them, kill a whole bunch of people, destroy them, break down their, you know, they totally dominate them. And then they would take lots and lots and lots of people from there and bring them to their country and then retrain them so that they would be their slaves and they would serve them. That, that, was, that was what was going on here. So the king always has his cabinet, you know, those really hateful guys that are always around him, like giving him advice, and, and he consults with them. And so these guys are talking to the king. And these guys, they don't like the people of Israel. They would love him to just kill them all. That was, that, that's what they would like. You know what I mean? But he's, 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 he's uh, reprogramming them so they can be slaves and serve, serve them. So they were provoking the king. So we begin in verse 12. It says, 
They were talking to the king. They were talking to the king. And, and they said, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bring them right here. So they brought these men before the king. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And look at the attitude now. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? See how these people are? They think they're God, you know? They really think that, that they're it, you know? Verse 16. <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Bad dudes. They're telling the king this, right? Now look at verse 18. But if not, if he does not deliver us from that, let it be known to you, we want you to know, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. It ain't going to happen. You ain't going to get us to do that. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And, the, they, and then he commanded certain mighty men of valor, soldiers, who were in his army to bind, tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. They tied them up and they threw them in there. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed the men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Look what happens now. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Hey, 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 didn't we throw three men into the midst of the fire? Right? Three men that were tied up in the fire? They answered and said to him, Yes, true, O king. 
25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the first one is like the son of God. Whoa, what happened here? No. Thousands of people were bowing down before that image. Even the friends of these young men, all their friends were, yeah, worship them? Absolutely, absolutely. Because you could lose your life. You could get thrown into the furnace, you know. So in the human way, it seems to make sense. But God wants us to have faith in him and to stand for him at all costs. We need to know that. And these, and these young men did. They stood firm on the position. They were given opportunities to change their minds. But they answered they, the king quickly and with respect, but without deviation. They were clear. Okay? Devil, there are things that are not negotiable. Is it going to make life hard for me? Yes. Am I going to suffer because of this? Yes. But it's not negotiable. We need to be in that position if we're going to really serve Jesus Christ. You know, if you're really going to be with the mission of this church to change the world, that's where we need to be. People cannot see you being a Christian, but that they see little loopholes. Because when that happens, they're going to say, aha, you see? Okay, it's baloney. There's no truth in that. It's not, it's not real. And then you're going to make that person more of a devil than they were beforehand. Because of your lack of testimony and your lack of being firm in your faith. They didn't have any deviation. They told the king they would not bow down before the statue of gold. And, 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 and you know, even if that didn't save them from the fiery furnace. Okay. Up until now, we see them talking the talk. <laughs> right? They're talking the talk. A lot of people are in church. Walk around with a Bible under their arm and they talk the talk. But you need to get that little camera of the reality TV, you know, and go around with them 24 hours a day to see if they really walk the walk, right? We need to talk the talk and we need to live it. It has to be real. It has to be real in us. It's easy to talk about faith, but it's much more difficult to live that faith, to live that faith. But these young men demonstrated clearly that they were willing to suffer in their own bodies for what they believed. It's what we're saying this morning. I, you know, you, we, we read about, there's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It talks about all the people who, who've been martyred. The, the book is old, but you know, it, it goes from the beginning of the, the first martyrs and whatnot. And when I first got saved, you know, I was gun ho I wanted to get into this. And I said, well, yeah, let me, let me study these people. I want to, you know what? I, I couldn't, I, I read a few pages. I couldn't go on. Because when I saw that, I said, I don't know if I could get to that point, you know. But I believe that, you know, they would tie them up and then they would light the fire, you know. And then in certain cases, there would be like a family, the husband, the wife, and the little kids and everything. And they'd all be singing as the flames are coming up, singing. What would happen is the people that were watching would get saved. The people that were watching would get saved because of how firmly these people had had that faith. And these guys let the king know, hey, if God doesn't make it so that we don't have to go into the furnace, we still are not going to serve the statue. And we need to have that kind of faith. We need to have that kind of faith. We need to 
be willing to whatever. Certain things are just not negotiable. Not negotiable. God doesn't work that way. That doesn't work. Okay. They were, they were willing to suffer for what they believed. They told them, they told the king that God could save them from the furnace. And they told the king that even if God didn't save them from going into the furnace, they would not bow down and, and, and worship the idol. Hey, when God starts talking to man, when, when God first talks to Moses and, and first starts, the first thing he says is, you will not worship anything else. I am God and that's it. No other way about it. That is point number one. So this, we are not going to bow down before an idol, another God. We're serving the main God. He is him. And we're just not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Even if we have to go into the fiery furnace. Well, they, they, <laughs> they, they spoke all this to the king. And then they made this statement. And they said it in Puerto Rican. They said it in Puerto Rican. They said, Y ahora vamos para allá, vamos a entrar en el horno. Okay? In other words, we're, we're, this is what we mean, and okay, we're the soldiers. Let's go. We're going to the furnace now. That, that, that was their attitude. <laughs> I pray that if the Lord ever puts me in that situation, I would have that kind of, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Man parts. Hello. They heated up the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated up. Somebody figured it out. I looked it up. 2,500 degrees. When does water boil? 100. Look at that. <laughs> oh, my God. From, but water boils at 100. At they went, the furnace went up to 2,500 degrees. I mean, that's like hell. You know, that, that powerful. They tied up the three young men and they threw them into the fire. But it says that the guys that brought them over there, when they opened the furnace and threw them in, the, 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 the heat that came out, they got toasted right there. They got toasted, you know. And obviously the way that they describe it, they threw them and they, went, they fell down into the, into, into the furnace, right? They were tied up. When they were thrown into the furnace. They were tied up when they thrown into the furnace. But it says that when the people were looking from the outside in there. They saw that the ropes got burned. The ropes got burned. and They were tied hand and feet. They were totally tied up. And what happened was the fire instead of killing them. Just freed them from the things that they were tied up in. And then they were walking around in there. But the, there were three that they threw in. But when the king and his counselors looked in, they saw four people in there. Freely walking around and conversing in the furnace. The only thing they needed was a little Cuban coffee. ¿Me entiende? God himself, you know, theologians and stuff saying that that was like a pre- like a preview of Jesus, Jesus came in and they were having a nice little walk and a nice little talk, walking around inside the furnace that was like hellfire, you know? God came down and accompanied them. And where does this all go? After this experience, uh, this king Nebuchadnezzar, he was really mean, bad, horrible, barbaric all that kind of stuff but God loved him 
God so loved the world. God loved Nebuchadnezzar. And so there's another story, if you want, look it up. It's an incredible, amazing story about how God continued to deal with King Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, but with this experience, the testimony of these three men, Nebuchadnezzar got saved. He converted. He believed in the God of Israel, the, the God of these people. This, this changed his mind, changed his way of being. And as he converted, there was a revival and thousands and thousands of people became believers in, in the one, the true, true God. See, that's what I mean. When we, when we stand firm as these young men did, those are the things that can, that can change the world. People need to see that this is real. People need to see this. My wife, one time, she started selling Tupperware way, way, way back. And she was so in love with the Tupperware that whenever she did a party, they bought everything she had because she believed it. Well, not like that. The party lasted 20 minutes. And after the 20 minutes, taking out demons, testimonies, preaching the word of God, you know. So she used that to, to spread the gospel. You know what I mean? She had, then she got 17 disciples. They gave her a station wagon. I was like, what's going on with this woman, you know? But she believed in it. She believed in the product, and more than that, she believed in Jesus. And she thought that the Lord opened that door for her to, to preach the word. People need to see that it's real in you. People need to see that it's real in you, you know? I mean, it, 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 you know, the music. You need to love the music. When you love the music and you play it, then people automatically, they, they get that. They feel that. It, it, goes, it goes through. It has to be real. If it's not real, it's not negotiable. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You have some little music back there, maybe a little something? Uh, give me a little, little quiet music, something there. Now, everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. Okay. What I want to do is this. I want to just ask you a couple of questions. Has there been or is there something in your life that tells you that there is no water and maybe that there never will be water in your life? Is anything like that happening or happened or, or you see or, or, or worry or, or live with that? You know, uh, we were, I was discussing before the service and, and uh, with Maggie and whatnot. We sometimes, you know, God does things. God's working. We don't understand. We don't know what he's doing. And sometimes we get angry with God. We get resentful. We get resentful. We think he's not fair. Anything like that going on in your life? Anything like that happen? You know, you might think that right now it's like that. Or you might think that you will never have that water in your life. The devil wants to take you to that point, you know. That's where the devil wants to take you. You know, have you been through deserts, rocks, doubts? I say this because life is tough. Timothy chapter 3. Evil, difficult times. We're living in those evil, difficult times. The most powerful weapon the enemy has against you is to destroy your faith in the miracle power of God. If the devil can destroy your faith in the miracle power of God, that's where he wants to go. I want you to know something. The devil cannot destroy God. Some people think that the devil is as strong as God or stronger. No, no. The devil cannot destroy God. And you know what else? The devil cannot destroy you. When the devil came against, against, against Job, he, he couldn't actually take out Job. 
But what he can do is he can work in your mind. How many know that the devil talks to you? Huh? The devil talks to you all the time. And he can, you know, he can destroy your faith. He can destroy your faith. Look at that. Look at what happened. You're no good. You're not going to make it. See, it didn't work. It didn't work. Look once again. Look at You know, all that stuff. If he does that, you know what's going to happen? It's going to neutralize you. It's going to neutralize you. You're not going nowhere. No va para ningún lado, they say in Spanish. You know? But not only that, it's going to neutralize God. Because again, we come back to where there's no faith, it's impossible to please God. Where there's no faith, God does not move. We need to have that faith. We cannot let that. In their own way, faith and doubt. Digo, I'm sorry. In their own way, fear and doubt. In their own way. Fear and doubt is a kind of faith. We have faith there. That, that, that shows that we have faith that the devil is right. That the devil is going to win. That the devil has the power. That the devil is more powerful than God. See what I mean? When we have fear and doubt, we're having faith negative, in reverse, backwards. You know, that's not going anywhere. Brothers and sisters, we know and we can never forget that there is water and there always will be water in the rock that is Jesus Christ. So what it comes down to is be humble, hang on to him, and believe that he will do it. There's always an abundance of water in the Lord. He brought you to where you are. He's going to take you the rest of the way. That's another promise that we have in the Bible. You feel like, yeah, but I'm in a mess right now. You don't know what I'm going through. Tranquilo, relax. He's going to get you through. He's going to get you to the other side. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord. We thank you for this word. And we just receive your encouragement. We receive your encouragement, Lord. And we ask that you would give us that faith. Give us that faith, Lord. Let us be at that level of those three young men, Lord. Thank you so much for that, for that story in the Bible. It really encourages us, Lord. Thank us so that we can actually believe it. It's not a movie. It's not a made-up thing. This actually happened. And this is actually how you work and how you think, Lord. So we, we just thank you for this message, Lord. And, and we thank you for the rock that gave the water. We thank you for who you are, what you've done in our lives, Lord. And we just ask that you would empower us. You would give us that faith so that no matter what happens, all the difficult things, we just pray for the families of the people that have passed on and are gone with the Lord. We thank you for them because they're in a good place now they're in a much better place we ask you that you would help the families to get over this loss of course they're going to go through mourning they're going to go through some pain but they also need to know that their loved ones are in a much better place lord we ask you to help us as we face all these difficult situations that occur in our life lord things that are depressing things that are frustrating bad things that just don't seem to go away lord give us faith give us faith let us hang on to you let us count our blessings let us remember all the blessings let us think and ponder on the good things on the wonderful things that you've done and not on the negative lord that the channel of faith can be open and that your miraculous power can flow in our lives and we thank you in jesus name and the people said amen hallelujah thank you all right greet each other in the love of the lord we're through with dismissed and the uh, spanish service will be at 12 noon